Hello everyone, so welcome back to Kushti Podcast, a podcast where I support those with mental illness by discussing topics, sharing skills and experiences and all that good well-being, self-care stuff. If you're new here, hi, welcome. Um, I know this episode is going on Source FM, so you may be tuning into the radio and never heard my voice before. Hi, thanks for listening. And today we're going to be discussing a lot of different things um, to do with mental illness. But I just want to start off by saying that if you don't have a mental illness, you can still listen. This is all about looking after your mental health, which we all have. I think a lot of people forget that just because you're not chronically suffering with mental illness doesn't mean that you don't need to practice some of these skills and practice self-care and self-soothing activities and exercise all that good stuff you still need to join in and get involved and maybe you know someone who has depression or anxiety and other disorders and this could be a helpful way of learning what life is like giving you some insights and just being better able to understand and support because We all need to look after each other, especially in these current times with coronavirus and lockdown and all this, all this horrible negative stuff going on in the world. We really need to support each other. But yeah, I forgot to introduce myself. Um, My name is Erin, also known as Erin Louise, and I make videos on YouTube. I write, I do other creative stuff like this podcast, and I currently live in Falmouth, and I love it, I absolutely love it down here, I came here um, for uni, and although I didn't finish my degree, I ended up staying here, and I just love the creative energy, and yeah, that's a little bit about me, I guess, Um, I have bipolar disorder, and complex PTSD, so hence talking about mental illness on here, and I I know I'm not a professional, but I have been through lots of different types of therapies and I have life experience living with disorders like this and I'm getting to grips with everything I feel. Um, I am pretty stable and able to share um, my skills and how I'm staying stable. So yeah, that's me. I don't always like talking about myself But I know it is important for people to understand that I'm not just saying anything. I do have experience and I understand. As I feel like a lot of people out there who are struggling with mental health and mental illness, that they feel like no one can understand them. And it can be quite lonely when you feel like you're alone with all these experiences. And I'm just just out here doing my bit saying, you know, There are people out there who understand and are willing to empathise and really help and support. And I think a lot of the time when you're struggling, you do have a tendency to push people away and not let people in. And a lot of that comes from shame and embarrassment that you're struggling, which is silly because if you broke your leg or, I don't know, had diabetes or something, you wouldn't feel that same level of shame with telling your friends that you're struggling with an illness so I think it's important to remember that mental health is just important as physical health and that we should view it in a similar way and be kinder to each other 
and just be open to listening as well um rather than shutting someone down straight away for example oh I'm feeling sad today and then telling the person oh well we have nothing to be sad about you know listen and find out and ask questions that can help them feel supported there is a lot of misconceptions that a lot of the time come from the stigma that surrounds mental illness and this can be damaging for a lot of people and a lot of this comes from things in the media or representations of people with mental illness um, in a negative light and it just makes people scared to come forward and say that they that they are struggling. You know, people make passing comments um, using terminology to insult someone, calling someone a crazy ex or a psycho and things like that can all be really negative. But I think the more we openly discuss and talk about mental illness amongst ourselves and in the media and other forms, then we're more likely to understand and appreciate and not use terms like that because we see positive representations and understand that we're not just people with illnesses out to harm anyone. A lot of the time people will say that, oh, I'm scared that they're going to hurt me when in fact it's more likely for someone suffering with a mental illness to hurt themselves rather than hurt other people. And I just think we need some better representations and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done, not just raising awareness, but also funding for services. I think it's important to raise awareness that our current mental health services, um, NHS mental health services, are severely underfunded and a lot of the time where you live, so your postcode, can affect how much support you get so one county's service trust whatever um will have more money than another so you could have the same condition in different parts of the country and receive different treatment which i just think is really wrong i think raising awareness is really important but we've got to remember to also fund these services as a lot of therapy so talking therapy which is a really really good way of coming to terms with mental illness and dealing with it and just discussing it with someone who understands who isn't a friend or a family member who may not always be able to say the right thing because we're not we're all human we're not perfect and yeah these talking therapies have up to a year long waiting list and things um I've been on a waiting list myself since January and it is September now um that's with a charity um because the community mental health team had nothing to offer me so just an example of how long it takes to receive some treatment i i think it is all well and good saying oh we're raising awareness but we also need the money we need the funding we need um support from our government in schools in place of work like we just need we need more to be done if you want to hear me kind of discuss more about the importance of talking about mental illness I did actually write a blog post over on kushti.org um just kind of going over what I'm saying and just saying just how important it is to talk 
openly about mental illness and not to be embarrassed or ashamed and all these other emotions that we attach to it and hearing about mental health not also not just in a scientific way from professionals but from the actual patients and service users and everyone's experience is different so the more we talk the more we can all understand and be supportive and make real change and give uh, everyone an insight and also I just want to say is we need to also make sure that we're listening to everyone's experiences not just picking and choosing certain demographics of people um so for example you may only hear about white middle class women's mental health for example but then you wouldn't hear necessarily about working class black men's mental health like do you know what I'm saying so it's it's never a waste of time sharing your experiences like oh someone else has already talked about this or someone else has already raised awareness no everyone's experience and story is valid and you should share and I would really encourage you to share it is scary not gonna lie um because of the stigma and also because it it feels more personal than a physical illness I don't maybe because it's our brain and it's quite linked to our personality and how we act as a person it feels more personal to share rather than a physical illness but I think that can change I think there is hope for the future and yeah so moving on to some more common misconceptions with mental illness is for example that everyone who suffers with a mental illness you can visibly see it so if people for example say oh they look mentally ill or you know that person hasn't showered and is isn't talking and isn't leaving the house so that's the mentally ill person and then they'll meet someone else on the street who is happy and bubbly and smiling got a full face of makeup on nice clothes nice car whatever and think oh that person's not mentally ill which isn't the case like there is no one image no one depiction of mental illness it all is very personal and happens differently for different people and it affects everyone you know I think it's one in four people are affected by mental illness and it presents in different ways so just because someone looks on the outside and sounds like they're happy doesn't mean that they're not having suicidal thoughts and thinking certain things and experiencing things behind closed doors so I think it's really important to not be so judgmental and judge everyone you meet as when I first got diagnosed I'd often compare myself to other people um I was a teenager so I'd compare people at college I'd be like oh they're having a great time and I'd see things on social media of them all out together having fun and I'd be like oh they have no problems and here's me with all my problems not not having fun but you don't you really don't know what people are going through they can put on a brave face there's high functioning depression for example where you, you're still not able to work and do things but you are still having those thoughts and and symptoms so yeah just try to be less judgmental of other people and just appreciate that we don't know everything about someone from our, a first meeting or what they present to us as we all present in some ways a kind of act to other people sometimes 
Like, for example, you may work in a shop and you had a rubbish morning, you've had an argument um, with a family member or something and you've, you've gone into work in a really bad mood, but then you have to be like, oh, hi, how can I help you? And smiley and that doesn't take away what happened this morning, you know? You're just pretending and I think we do that a lot and we need to be more open and honest and just less judgmental and harsh on each other and another misconception is that it only affects certain types of people which isn't true it literally can affect anyone anyone with a brain it can affect and if we don't nurture and look after our mental health then it can develop into a mental illness and also it doesn't make you weak it really doesn't make you weak suffering um with an illness it that's not a fault in something you've done wrong which is something I struggle with sometimes I'm like what did what did I do to deserve this and all this kind of self-wallowing behavior where I think that I must have caused something I don't know why where that comes from but I feel like oh what did I do wrong to suddenly develop this sometimes things just happen and there's a whole um uh what do they call it like biological someone correct me nurture versus nature so there's the biological aspects of mental illness so the chemistry in our brains can be completely different and affect our health or it can be external things growing up for example in our lives that affect our mental health so for example losing a family member at an early age could really damage your mental health but the another person who hasn't lost a family member but just has different brain chemistry they can be affected by mental health so there's lots of different ways and reasons why people have mental illness and it isn't always I think it's important to remember it's not always down to trauma as a lot of people think to themselves oh I I don't deserve any help or I shouldn't reach out or go to the doctor reach out for help because nothing that bad's happened in my life you know um just get over it and that kind of attitude which isn't the attitude we should be having we should be having the attitude of okay I deserve I deserve help if I'm struggling I don't want to get any worse it's better to tackle it now rather than wait for it to get any worse I think we're programmed to think that we have to wait until it's extreme or really serious rather than just prevention work um and I think this is a lot to do with also services not being able to do prevention work and making you feel bad if you do reach out for help. Um, I have had that before with GPs, um, not under- having complete mental health training and, you know, kind of assuming that, oh, well, you managed to reach out for help so you can probably manage to help yourself. And there's just, a, there's a, there's all this other stuff it's not as simple as just reaching out for help um that a lot of it we have to do ourselves unfortunately and I wish it was different but a lot of it we have to do ourselves we have to work on ourselves we have to learn skills and build up a resilience which I'll talk a little bit more in detail about um but just an example of things that have helped me um as I have been on a waiting list and haven't had any support really uh from professionals um 
one thing I have done is take my medication. Now, a lot of people don't believe in medication and that is a problem because if you may personally not believe in medication and medicating um, for mental illnesses, but there's someone out there that you're, you, you could be saying all this to, you don't know what they're taking. There's no shame in them taking medication and it may work for them. Um, and it, as I said, with the brain chemistry thing, you know, the medication can help change your chemistry. Obviously, I'm not sci- I'm not a scientist. I, I don't know exactly how it works, um, but I do take medication and I'm not ashamed of that anymore. I will tell people, you know, I'm on a lot of different stuff. I'm on antipsychotics, I'm on mood stabilizers, I'm on antidepressants. And that's okay, you know. I know, personally, if I stop taking my medication, I'm likely to get way worse. And even if I practice a lot of self-soothing activities, meditate, practice mindfulness, all sorts, I still would get unwell. And I think I've learned that the hard way by stopping my medication, getting ill, starting again, stopping. And now I've just learned not to listen to all this rubbish about medication not being right. I think we need to, you know, do the weigh up the pros and cons for ourselves in and just know get to know ourselves and our own opinions and not always form our opinions based on other people's who may not even be coming from a place of knowledge or understanding. My advice would be that if you are offered medication, but no therapy, maybe try therapy first. Um, Unless it's a certain condition, you know, like with bipolar, what I have, um, it can be very dangerous to be in either a very depressed or a very manic state. And medication can be one of the quicker ways to kind of um, control that. So I'd say definitely take medication if they're saying you have things like bipolar or psychosis and things but if you have something like anxiety or depression and they're offering the GPs offering you medication as the first thing I would ask for therapy first I would never suggest just taking medication and doing absolutely nothing else as I feel like some people do that. They think it's a magic pill, an antidepressant, for example. They'll take this pill and they'll feel better if they take it every day, which isn't the case. There's all this other stuff that we have to do to keep ourselves well. So you've got to be able to have a support system, for example. So people that you can text or call or see uh, to talk to, to talk through things so it's not all bottled up. Um... Also, this could be maybe someone at school if you're young and in school or someone at work. You know, just having different people from different areas of your life who understand and can support you is really important, having a support network. And if you are a bit of a, what shall I say, (laughs) a bit of a loner and you don't like socialising and reaching out to other people, you know, there's other things online like forums and things. I know that Bipolar have an e-community bipolar uk um where you can discuss certain things moderated obviously um with other people there's helplines that you can call and speak to someone it's all confidential you know they're not gonna 
ring and tell your mum that you've just spoken to them like it is all confidential unless um there is a serious risk to yourself or someone else and it's important to have a support network and another thing I think is really important is having an outlet somewhere to express yourself and get any thoughts and feelings out of your system so a lot of things can look like that so sports for example you may be really into playing football or I don't know swimming or something and just channeling all your thoughts and feelings and energy into that sport can be really helpful um also creative things that's that's kind of my cup of tea um so painting drawing creating something making something with your hands so arts and crafts even knitting I know a few people in the mental health community who love knitting and crocheting and things that they can just kind of get on with on their own and yeah just express themselves even if it's writing in a journal if it's making voice notes if it's you know do you understand like getting it out of your system is really important and a lot of people do that physically um whether that's creating something with their hands or I don't know kicking a football they get it out of their system all that energy and that is very beneficial staying creative has helped me massively even creating this podcast it makes me feel like I have done something with my day um makes me feel like I've achieved something and created and put something out in the world that wasn't there before and that sense of achievement can really boost your self-esteem and just keep you going really I think it's really important to make goals and work towards something and that doesn't necessarily mean a career goal or um you know they can be really small goals and that feeling of ticking it off on a list in a box you know ticking that box to say yeah I did that today so setting goals is really important but goals to don't put too much pressure on yourself you know it's goals to work on when you can and just try and define some goals that you can hold yourself accountable for and not necessarily goals to compare yourself to others um it's not life is not a competition you know we all go at our own pace um which i learned the hard way when you know every when i was about 18 19 um every quite a lot of people from my college went to university and I hadn't finished my A-levels because I'd been in and out of um psychiatric units and I still needed to work towards another A-level so I was kind of behind in a way like I I'm you can't see but I'm quotation marks because you're never behind it's not a race and it was hard seeing everyone else go off and do something that I really wanted to do but you know take your time it will happen if you make it happen and waiting a year and then another year ended up being two years until I fully um came to Falmouth to study was for the better because I wouldn't have been ready I would have gone with everyone else and not been ready and I think it's just important to notice and really recognize where at what point you are at and focusing on yourself rather than comparing to other people you know we're not in a rush take your time take it slow and often the more you do something 
consistently, but slowly, the more likely it is to be a solid foundation rather than rushing and rushing into something and doing it half-heartedly or not in the right way because we're just not ready. Uh, This can relate to anything, but yeah, just go at your own pace. So yeah, my advice, make some goals, you know, maybe write a little list in your head. It doesn't have to be on paper or anything. I have been using a new app to set goals. So I've been using, I think it's called Notion, which is like a note-taking, scheduling, organisation app. But I've just been writing little lists every day of things I want to achieve that day. And honestly, it's helped so much ticking off little things that I've done. So for example, if I'm having a really bad day and a lot of people with depression and things, when they're having a really bad day, they find it really hard to meet their basic needs. And if you don't know what your basic needs are, so that's, for example, having a shower, washing, so being clean, uh, eating and drinking water and meeting that kind of nutritional goal. And then the other basic need uh, could be, I don't know, socialising. So speaking to another person that day. So on a day like that, my goals may just look like get out of bed brush your teeth, shower and phone someone and that would be simply it but I would feel a sense of achievement every time I ticked off that little goal, something to work towards, something to keep you going and everyone's goals are going to look completely different so if you're really productive your goal may be to go to the gym, exercise or your goal might be to, I don't know, study for a few hours just as long as you realise what goals are going to be unachievable and which ones are going to be achievable. Because creating goals that are going to be unachievable, like I'm going to make it to the moon next week, it's just not never going to happen. So yeah, make sensible goals that are achievable and that you can slowly tick off and work towards. And I've, I found that really helpful. And as I was saying about being creative, that has helped so much. I can't stress that enough. I've actually been really lucky lucky, and um, been offered and received some art classes with a local mental health charity, Sea Sanctuary. And it has been a godsend. Um, just getting the paint out, getting the colouring pencils out and just having a blank piece of paper and just letting loose and doing what I wanted and producing something at the end of it whether it's to throw away a lot of the time I'm 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 pretty good at uh creating something and throwing it away straight away but it doesn't matter I I created something still and I enjoyed it and just taking yourself out of the stresses so and not putting too much pressure on my on on my hobbies really a lot of people are now turning their hobbies into businesses or I don't know, just this pressure for something you do for fun to make you money or to be impressive for other people to enjoy. Like, no, just do it for yourself. Just do it for the actual act of doing it rather than the finished product and all the things that come with that. I think it's important to also just have something that you enjoy that isn't your job, that isn't, I don't know, if you're studying school kind of related, education related um or body image related you know create goals and hobbies and do things for fun pure fun 
I think the reason I sway towards the creative things is also just being busy with your hands as well. I don't know about anyone else, but when I'm overthinking a lot, I I I want to be busy physically in order to not be ruminating and overthinking certain things. So a lot of people use things like um, stress balls to just hold in their hands and play with, fiddle with. Also, a lot of people are into gaming as a one as a form of escapism but also you're physically doing something with your hands holding that controller you know I've been really into playing Animal Crossing on Nintendo Switch and if you haven't heard of Animal Crossing it's basically a little game where you have a village or in the new newer one it's an island and it's got little animal characters who live there and you just go and talk and run errands and create a little space in this little island and it's a really peaceful and relaxing game um I've been loving that game but some people like to play I don't know Call of Duty and really get the anger out and shooting people but again just keeping your hands busy keeping something busy um I think keeping busy is important now I just wanted to take the time uh to say you can always um, give me an email at kushtipodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, as this is the section now where I'm going to answer a few of the questions that people have asked me. You can also follow Kushti on Instagram and Twitter and ask um, me a question or on Facebook, anything. You can find Kushti Podcast on there. I've I've put, I've put Kushti Podcast on a lot of different socials. And yeah, you can ask me a question and I will answer it in the next episode. So if you'd be interested in asking me a question that's a bit little, a little bit more specific to you and something you'd like to know, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be mental illness related. You know, if you just want to know what I ate for dinner last night, you can ask. Um, but this week, someone has asked a question that I think is a really important question and I would love to get into it and answer it now. So their question is... With the government encouraging us to stay at home and not to socialise, how do you look after your your mental health if you're living alone? Okay, now, I can't completely relate to that as I don't live alone. Um, I live with my boyfriend, luckily, as I personally do struggle with being alone a lot. Um, When he's at work and I'm not working necessarily, um, just being alone with yourself and your thoughts and feelings can be quite overwhelming um or you could be more of an introvert and thrive being alone and love alone time I don't know but um one thing I would say is being alone sometimes is really important as we are our most authentic selves alone and if you completely surround yourself with people all every hour of the day you you don't have the same relationship with yourself, you don't know yourself in the same way, you're kind of other people's um, moods and opinions can rub off on you and you need time to reflect, I feel, you need time to just be at one with yourself and your thoughts and feelings, which can be tricky, but I'm going to come up with a few little tips of how to make that a little bit more enjoyable. Personally, one of the things that I find really helps with my mental health when I'm alone is planning out my time. Um, So not just 
I don't know, you have an afternoon, home alone, what do you do? Oh, I'll just do whatever, you know, I'll see what happens. No, I like to plan. Um, I like to plan sometimes hour by hour, different activities for me to get on with and just a kind of base plan of things to do if I ever get stuck um ruminating overthinking certain things and kind of spiraling into my own head I try and have a set plan of things I'd like to do and this could look like anything from making a cup of tea to um practicing some yoga or read a book uh watch a film you know just little things activities that I've set out so if I get stuck I have something to refer back to um not everyone likes this but it does work for quite a few people routine is really important um especially getting enough sleep and things as well and yeah just routine is so important but it's also important to know that if you do set a routine and you kind of go away you kind of go away from the routine don't don't beat yourself up about it um you know, if you're happy and you're doing all right, that's fine. It doesn't matter that you've, you're not doing exactly what you said you were going to do. I feel like people who make plans put a lot of pressure on themselves to stick to the plan, um, which doesn't, it doesn't always have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that rigid. It can be really flexible. So make a flexible plan, um, to plan out hours where you're alone. Um, I think is a, is a really good idea. And also, just because you live alone doesn't mean that you cannot call people or use social media to keep in contact with people. And if you're not into social media, as there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things that comes along with social media. You know, you've got to have a balance of how much time you spend on your phone, on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. You know, you've got to experience <laughs> real life as well. Um however uncomfortable that may be um you can't just live a life online but it is important to stay in contact with other people you know even if that's just a quick text saying you know hi how are you hope you're all right you know reaching out and helping other people can benefit you as well so just because you're struggling doesn't mean you can't still try and help other people which is kind of what I'm doing with this podcast um a lot of people will be like oh who are you to to give advice when you've got your own problems but I find giving other people advice is almost like giving myself some advice as well you know reminding me of those skills and things that I've learned so yeah uh routine keeping in contact with other people and I another thing that makes me feel less alone is putting on a podcast um because just listening to other people chatting can make me feel less lonely and also music um something to listen to um that could be because for me works the best for me as when I'm bad I can hear uh voices which is like external um sounds uh so I'll actually it's not like a a voice in my head you know like an inner monologue it's more of an actual sound an external sound that um my brain is creating for some some reason that I won't get into but yeah if you'd like me to talk more about psychosis and those kind of symptom mental illness symptoms I would be happy to discuss 
in a bit more detail another time. Um, but yeah, music, podcasts, um, escapism is important, but again, got to find the right balance. So if you're reading a book and you're, um, you can't, you feel like you can't put it down because you don't, you don't want to go back to the real world. You need, you need, you need to put it down for a bit and return to the real world, being the present moment. Um, but I think a lot of people, um, during COVID, especially the mental health community, are struggling with isolation and a feeling of loneliness because a lot of our face-to-face contact, if you did have that support, has gone and that is because of COVID and also it reminds us of a time when we maybe were isolated. So for me, when we first went into lockdown, it reminded me of being not locked up, but I hate to put it like that, but it reminded me of being inside, unable to go outside when I wanted, out of my control feeling that I had when I was inpatient in a psychiatric unit, that feeling of being, having to be inside um, and disconnected uh, from the outside world. It did remind me of that. So I think it's very, it's, I think we should all be mindful of that. And um, if you know someone out there with a mental illness, you know, give do give them a ring, do text them, do try and listen and support because this is hard for everyone. But I think it's especially hard for those uh, with mental illnesses. There's actually a um, community kind of discussion and page organisation called Mad Covid that I wanted to talk about. Uh, They have a Twitter account um, where they have weekly chats. I'm pretty sure they might have a podcast as well. And a zine, which is like a little magazine, um, all created by people with mental illnesses discussing what it's like um, during COVID. It's called Mad COVID. I, I would highly recommend you check that out. But yeah, there's been a lot of discussions about how coronavirus is impacting us and also just a sen- building a sense of community and yeah, just get involved and really be proactive and look out for things like that that can be a, res- a resource. Being proactive in your own recovery is so important as you can't always rely on other people or other external factors or you can't just rely on a therapist, you can't just rely on medication, you have to rely on yourself too if you have capacity to do so. Um, Being proactive in your own recovery and taking responsibility for yourself and for your future is a key part and a lot of that comes from building up resilience um so that means not ignoring your problems um and not pushing things down and getting on with things a lot of people think resilience means ignoring all your problems and just being strong you know and just pushing through it and getting on with it get over it that mentality that isn't what resilience is about it is about being aware of your problems and adapting just making some lifestyle changes and actively seeking out different skills and things is 
a hard step to take, but the most rewarding step to take. Because you, when you look back, uh, further, because you will be looking back in the future, you will, I believe in you, you will be <laughs> recovering and seeing improvement and you'll look back and you'll know that you've done that all yourself. You didn't rely on someone else to get you through it. And I think that was one of the biggest turning points in my recovery was when I stopped resisting and pushing against any support or help and when I I kind of took matters into my own hands that's when the real recovery starts you know um that's what I fully believe um and also another resource that you can use uh that I did was the resilience journal from happiness planner and they make planners and guided journals um and they have a resilience one where it asks you certain questions or little prompts every day and to just write about it and just to notice you don't necessarily have to journal you can do it in your head you know just notice when you're feeling certain things and question you know maybe why am I why am I feeling like that and just taking a note and noticing and soon you will discover patterns you will find out more about yourself and be able to see where you need to make a change. And it's important to know that recovery is not instant. You know, you don't just practice a week of journaling and all of a sudden you know all the answers. It is a long, slow process sometimes and that's okay because the end result will be worth it. And I feel like a lot of people are put off with the whole idea of recovery as it feels like that's harder than suffering and being deep in that suffering and content with it. Some people get, you know, a bit too used to being unwell and almost don't want to face another alternative way of life. That is possible. I I fully believe that it's possible for anyone um, to recover and no one is too ill or too treatment resistant everyone can recover um obviously some disorders are more chronic than others which is all we shouldn't we should never forget that um so for example i think depression and anxiety is not always chronic and can be overcome and you know will have longer periods of being fine uh obviously you might go back to being a bit depressed or a bit anxious but you know on the whole you can fully recover but with disorders like mine, for example, bipolar, there is no cure, um, which can be a depressing thought, oh, I've got this for life kind of thing. But it, just because you've got something for life, something chronic, doesn't mean it's a death sentence and that you can only live to this age and you can't achieve anything you want to achieve. It just means that it's always going to be there. But the longer you learn to cope and deal with it the easier it will become to cope and deal with it and adapt and just be able to survive or not even just survive because for ages I was like oh I just want to be able to you know live and survive this but now I'm kind of like no I want to push myself to the next the next stage and achieve and be productive and really contribute to something and I think that was a really important goal for me but again some days I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not very productive and I've I slip back into old habits and that's fine because 
recovery is not linear you know it, you don't go from one thing to the other a gradual steady um increase in stability you know it's a three steps forward two steps back four steps forward one step back you know it's not a continuous perfect journey for most people and that's also important I think we need representation of that you know not not just oh I'm fully recovered now and here's why um and can be a bit preachy with um what they say and things you know we're all human, we make mistakes and it's life life throws stuff at, at us and we, we can't be always prepared for that. And I really think uh, with COVID and all these new rules and things coming into place, it can be quite scary and we think, okay, I really can't control the future. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, I don't know whether... I'm going to be able to travel or I'm going to be able to do what I wanted to do and plans are going to change and it's all very up in the air and out of our control. So I feel like a lot of people are experiencing that and it's important to remember that that is life. We do not have, we'll never have full control over what happens to us and we could either worry over worry and um, get caught up on the possibilities and think of the worst case scenarios and um, almost anticipate those scenarios and in a way it's kind of like um, what's that word self-fulfilling prophecy where you think something's bad's going to happen so you start acting differently and by acting differently your actions cause something bad to happen I don't know um, that can happen and that's important to know the difference between building resilience and preparing for something bad to happen uh, as a worst case scenario and then making it happen and um, self-sabotage and things like that which is very common um, I, I it's one of the things I struggle with I'll, I'll be doing something good or something good will be coming up and a little part of me will just want to sabotage it because I don't know maybe I feel like I don't deserve it you know I don't deserve good things so that good thing that's coming up I'm gonna ruin it Um, for example a lot of people do that with relationships so they get close to someone and they become good friends and then they're like oh they get scared and it's too good to be true and they they don't want to be let down by that other person so they just cut ties with them things like that Um, self-sabotage is a real problem that we need to tackle myself included um, I, I even wanted to self-sabotage with this podcast, you know, I, I didn't, I was like, oh, no, it's not good enough, um, so I'm not going to do it in my head, but then, but then, little pep talk, and um, I'm back recording, so it's just important to to realise and notice these sorts of things um, going on, and if we just go through life not noticing anything, not being connected to our emotions and just kind of going through the motions they call it um in mindfulness which was a whole module i did in um dialectical behavior therapy as a teenager uh you've probably heard of mindfulness i don't know but mindfulness is all about being in the present moment and being mindful and noticing and recognizing how we feel and what's going on um but not thinking about the past and not thinking about the future and um there's this whole thing called wise mind which is like the the perfect balance I guess between 
the um what do they call it doing mind which is as i was saying going through the motions um being quite robotic in a way and then you've got your emotional mind which is fully in or going off your impulses and emotions you need to find a balance between going through the robotic kind of goal-based um must do this must do that going through the motions mind and the emotions and you need to find a, a good balance and um if you're interested in um dialectical behavior therapy which was actually um created for people struggling with borderline personality disorder or you may have heard of bpd um which is a personality disorder which has a lot of stigma around it um even within services um some uh uh services can be quite harsh towards people with bpd and i really do feel for people with bpd um but yeah anyway so dbt there's lots of handouts and resources and information um i have a folder right here next to me and it's a very very big folder it's taking up a lot of space on my desk um but yeah there's a lot of resources out there so if you even type in dbt resources um i'm sure there's an app uh you know just google dbt at resources or skills and there's a lot of different things about mindfulness, a whole module on it. Um, it's like going back to school, you know, a whole module on mindfulness. Really, really do do your research and look up ways that you can better yourself as you sometimes it's just it's just not going to be handed to you. It's not you're not going to receive everyone's not perfect. You're not going to receive the support you necessarily need. So you need to do it for yourself. Um, which I I keep saying <laughs> but it is really important that's why I keep saying it now we're coming to the end of this episode and I just wanted to make a few little like roundup points and say things for you to do little homework you know um after listening to me ramble on for quite a while um so one make goals write a little list um two notice notice how you're feeling notice how you're acting i don't want you to do anything about it just notice so one make goals two notice three uh, be less judgmental and that includes judging other people so you know if you see someone on the street and they seem really happy don't judge them as they've got nothing to worry about and they have the a better life than me to stop stop that whole judge judgmental stuff and secondly also don't judge yourself um which is something i struggle with as well i can be very very judgmental more judgmental than people are to me i can judge myself worse than anyone else i will be i don't know even doing something that's good like practicing yoga and i'll be in a certain pose and i'll be like oh i'm not doing it right the, te- the yoga teacher's not telling me off or telling me I'm doing it wrong, but me, myself, I'm speaking to myself and saying, oh, you're doing it wrong and judging my own myself, judging how I look, judging how I'm acting and behaving. Try and let go of that judgment. And if you can't let go of the judgment, just notice when you're doing it. Um, yeah, so make goals, notice emotions and behaviour and 
be less judgmental. And another point is always, always speak up and talk about how you're feeling with other people that you can trust. Obviously, I understand you You may not want to go on Facebook and (laughs) write a status necessarily to everyone you know about what you're going through. But if you have a person in your life that you trust, do let them in and do tell them that you're struggling or just just talk about it. You know, you don't necessarily have to say, I'm struggling with this, what should I do? Like asking questions for advice. Just say, oh, so you know, um, uh, uh, you, you can even say, oh, I heard something on the radio. Or I heard, I read something in a book about mental health. What, what are your opinions on this? Or, you know, I've got a friend who, and, you know, you know, you don't have to be so direct with it. You can just discuss the topic with other people, I think is really healthy. And the more we do that, the better. And you're never oversharing, I don't think. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think you're raising... There's no such thing as raising too much awareness about mental health, you know. Um, uh, As long as people understand the difference between mental health, so, um, which is everyone, everyone's got a brain, uh, and mental illness, which is chronic and can be quite severe. That like it's all on a spectrum, and we need to both acknowledge the people with the serious conditions and the people who are seen as less serious. You know, we're everyone deserves help and support, and we just need to be more aware of each other. And lastly, in my little <laughs> summary, is to do something to express yourself and get get it out of your system so as I was talking about creative things like arts and crafts or sports uh physical exercise things like that just having somewhere a little outlet um to let go and not be all caught up in the stress and ruminate if you don't know what ruminate means it means for example I have a thought that um I need to I don't know something stupid like I need to water the plants okay, that's a thought, but if I kept going, oh, I need to water the plants right now, the plant's gonna die if I don't water it right now, water the plants, water the plants, water the plants, and it was going round and round in my head, um, while I was trying to do something else, that would be an unhealthy rumination, it's getting stuck on the thought, you know, being stable and recovering from mental illness doesn't necessarily mean that you, you don't have any of these negative thoughts anymore, it just means that you know how to sit and be with those thoughts and not ruminate, not act on any urges or anything um, destructive. It's about just learning to be with it and just be content, really, um, and able to manage and survive. And if you're not at that point yet, or maybe you you're at the point where you're surviving next reach for the goal of achieving and succeeding and things like that you know keep pushing yourself there's um there's no limit there's there's no limit on what you can achieve um i believe so if you need a sign that things are going to get better i'm giving you that sign i'm giving you that sign it's going to be all right um things will be okay i fully believe uh me personally i believe everything happens for a reason uh 
even the negatives, without the negatives in our lives, there would be no positives because we would have nothing to measure it against. You know, how would I know that it's sunny if it, if I'd never experienced rainy weather? I'd just assume that the weather was sun, you know? Um, there's, there's always got to be positives and negatives in lives and it's about finding the balance and holding on to the positives and trying not to get caught up in the negative thoughts and yeah I I hope you have enjoyed listening to me and this has been Kushti podcast and you can always find out more on Instagram and Twitter and at kushti.org I'm slowly adding more to the website so I'm adding more resources and I'd love to create a little community where we can all help and support each other um if you're interested or want to find out more do do give us a google and I will be back with another episode um very very soon I'm trying to do it now every other Sunday um so self-care Sundays with a new episode of Kushti um I hope you have an okay day or evening or whatever time day is that you're listening to this and you're not alone we've got this and yeah that's been me with kushti podcast so yeah take care bye